Hi there, you're listening to the LLB podcast, the podcast for law students and young lawyers. My name is Johnny Nguyen and I'll be your host today. Welcome to episode 12 of the podcast. Today's going to be a solo episode and I'll be taking you through some basic information about how the Australian public sector works. By way of background, I've just finished up a summer internship with the Department of the Prime Minister and Cabinet, and for short, I'll call that PM and C from now on. Uh, as someone who's never had any exposure to the inside workings of federal government or any government really, I gained a lot of insight around how things work within government from this experience. And I'll run you through some concepts I thought might be interesting, especially if you're either just generally interested in government work, or if you just don't know much about it and you need some fundamentals. Keep in mind that if you already work in government or you know you have some sort of existing knowledge, this might feel a little basic. With that in mind, uh, here's three things I learned. The first thing I learned was the difference between a specialist agency and a central agency. Specialist agencies are subject matters in particular areas and they propose initiatives within that specified portfolio or area. The bulk of government is made up of these specialist agencies and they'll include things such as the Department of Health dealing with health issues, uh, the Department of Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development and Communications, what a mouthful, that changes every year, and um, they deal with infrastructure issues and so on, uh, Attorney General's Department dealing with law and justice. Process-wise, uh, policies are essentially developed from the start at these agencies where they'll take the lead on, again, that technical side. And subsequently, these policies need to then pass through central agencies before they can then be submitted to cabinet where decisions are made about them. By comparison, central agencies will deal with the entire uh, array of subject matters across these portfolios, but they'll only consider it from specific angles. There are three central agencies, the Treasury, the Department of Finance, and PMNC, where I was at. The Treasury will look at proposals with a macroeconomic lens. The main thing they're considering is what impact on the, the Australian economy will this proposal have? Uh, the Department of Finance, which sounds quite similar here, uh, faces internally. So they look at how much a proposal is going to cost and whether or not there's room in the budget uh, to do that. The Department of so PMNC, they will take a strategic lens and they're really the only department that will substantively review a policy uh, and act as a second set of eyes on a substantive basis. Importantly, they'll apply that lens at a whole government level where they're also considering national interest and, again, not just a specified portfolio, but the entire government lens. The second thing I learned is that policy work is far more complex than uh, a lot of other different work in the sense that nothing is really truly out of scope. What I mean by this is that most jobs will have a line that you get to draw where something stops becoming your job. Policy work doesn't really work like that because things can't be neatly segmented and that outcomes can't just be segmented into specific portfolios. But by comparison, policy work just needs to be as objectively good as possible in every dimension. For example, just because a policy is managed by the Department of Health 
doesn't mean that it can ignore unintended economic consequences. Um, they can't be deemed out of scope. The government can't just say that's not our job. For example, when locking down our economies across the world, governments probably were considering the health impacts first and foremost. But again, they weren't able to just simply say economic issues aren't our issue, especially if things are say being led by their Department of Health. But they did need to factor in those economic impacts as well. The third thing that I found interesting was that uh, the government publishes the analysis that underlies all major policy proposals at the Commonwealth level. Now, this is done by the Office of Best Practice Regulation, or the OBPR, and this is the team at PMNC that I actually worked in. So, what this team actually does is it requires, under the Australian framework, uh, a regulation impact statement to be completed for any major policy proposal. Uh, this is then published on their website, which I'll chuck in the episode description, the comments, the anything that you can see. There will be some way that you can get it. Now, this uh, the, the key analysis that actually underpins uh, all these proposals include asking some fundamental questions, such as what's the underlying problem being solved, what solutions were considered, and what's the cost-benefit of each option, uh, what were the views of the people that are likely affected by the change? So people or organisations? How will it be implemented? And fifth, uh, how might it be evaluated? There's a bit more in there, which uh, we'll cover in other episodes, but all this is useful for two reasons. Now, first, and as a general thing here, uh, it'll be useful to understand how government works and how they make decisions, but also as a tool to hold government accountable. But more importantly, if you're looking to join a department, it's a great tool to learn about that specific department. Virtually, if not literally, all departments will have published a risk at some point, and a lot of the major ones will, will have published something recently. Looking at the site right now, I've pulled up uh, some of the recent uh, regulation impact statements or risks that have been published, and I can see, so the Attorney General Department has published one about casual employee reform, so... My understanding is that there's been some recent court decisions that have made it unclear what a casual employee is, and there's some uncertainty around that. They've also published one about around part-time flexibility reform and how part-time work is being reformed in Australia. Uh, some other departments include the ACCC, so the Australian Consumer and Competition Commission, uh, and they've done one on the button uh, on button battery safety review. Uh, these were both done in December 2020, and another one from December 2020 is uh, a proposal around cashless debit cards for the, the Department of Social Services. Uh, one that dropped quite recently, and on the 1st of March 2021, was one done by the Department of Education, Skills and Employment around the changes to essentially JobSeeker and changes to mutual obligations under that scheme. All of these things come with the underlying analysis that uh, goes behind the decision and the rationale for it. This is helpful for two th- reasons, if or maybe more actually, if you're applying for jobs. First, it allows you to get across the kinds of work that the department does. So it helps you get uh, on what is top of mind or was recently top of mind for people you might end up speaking with at interviews or assessment centres, etc. More importantly, it helps you ask targeted questions about what they do and the challenges they've faced uh, and it'll it'll concern things that are now public knowledge, such as the proposals that have been announced. More generally, it also helps you build awareness of the kind of analysis that they need to do and the nature of their job. 
All in all, it's a useful tool to get across what a department's doing and help you perform better both from an interview perspective but also an awareness perspective of knowing what's going on. Those are the three things I learned while in government, uh, and I hope they help you. That's it from me today. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh,